Hello everyone. Today we're going to have a look at North America again. We've looked at a couple of regions, the Great Lakes recently. We've been in Tennessee, here along the Appalachians. We've looked at the Grand Canyon, which we have here. And today we're going to stay on the western side of the US and have a look at this map of Yosemite National Park. Someone sent me this in the mail but unfortunately I can't thank you by name because it didn't say on the envelope or um, on an extra card. I do remember that someone mentioned it in the comments but unfortunately I can't find it anymore. I've tried searching for it but YouTube says there is no comment. I know I've seen it so if you sent this to me please let me know in the comments uh, so I can say thank you to you because it's a wonderful map really enjoyed it and it's always a wonderful surprise to find something in the post box before we open it up let's just have a quick look at where we want to go. We are here in California. As you can see here it says Yosemite NP National Park. Close to the border to Nevada. And I've said last time um, when we talked about the Grand Canyon, that it was close to the border, and a couple of you said, and oh, it's actually quite far. I hope it's uh, actually close this time. And we're here along the Sierra Nevada, which is a mountain range, and comes from Spanish, it means snowy mountain. And here we have the Central Valley of California, and then we get to the coast. One thing I always find quite fascinating is that Death Valley is not too far away, and I can't think of a place more bristling with life than something like Yosemite National Park. So, a bit of a contrast there. But yeah, we are all the way in the west in California today. Yosemite is one of the oldest national parks in the world. I 
seem the third oldest actually, both in the US and worldwide. It became a national park in the 19th century. And small detail, but I really like that these maps from the US all have this similar design. We've seen these with the Great Smokies and the Grand Canyon. on this side and then some pictures and explanations on the other this is about 3,000 square kilometers it's quite a large park you can see here that a small section of it is highlighted. That's the Yosemite Valley Visitor Center and Theater right here. And the Yosemite Valley is the place that most visitors want to go to. There are the famous peaks of El Capitan and Half Dome. Uh, El Capitan is quite famous here in Austria as well. I think I think most people have heard of it. Uh, I know a couple of people who like to go climbing, and of course they know El Capitan. At least one of my friends dreams of going to the US to go climbing here. So, unsurprisingly, this is the area most people are drawn to. And so we have a highlight right here. El Capitan is 7,569 feet 2,307 meters tall and Half Dome is actually a bit taller almost 9,000 feet or 2,700 meters This says here that you need a permit to summit Half Dome In fact, for a lot of places, or if you want to stay a bit longer you need a permit because it's a protected area and we have a portal road coming in here along the Merced River there's the south side drive one way trailhead for a four mile trail you can stop here by Swinging Bridge and then take a trail. This looks quite steep here. Up the mountains to Moran Point. 
this glacier point. Here we have staircase falls. We can continue in this direction to Sentinel Dome, two and a half thousand meters or 8,000 feet of Roosevelt Point, Taft Point. And there's the Glacier Point Road, closed approximately November to May. So you can go hiking here, but then maybe, let's say we've come up here. Can we turn back somewhere? No, we'll have to go back this area. Back to trailhead for four mile trail. Let's go back on the road here. Continue, there's the chapel. Sentinel Bridge. There's a housekeeping camp, a Yosemite Conservation Heritage Center. Here's some parking by Curry Village and Trailhead. The Happy Isles Art and Nature Center. It sounds lovely. Then we go around the Upper Pine. The North Pines and Lower Pines. And these roads are open only to pedestrians, bicycles, and vehicles with wheelchair emblem placards. I think you pronounce this. And then we can turn back. Let's see. There's a wilderness center and a medical clinic. And here says the Ahwani, which were the Native Americans who originally lived here. Yosemite was a name from another group of Native Americans given to the people here. Not the nicest names, it means those who kill. So I guess they weren't on good standing with one another. But there's a settlement, I guess, here that's been rebuilt. I assume that that's where this is. Here's a village store and grill. A U.S. court, museums, and a little village. Here's Camp Four. I think this is where a lot of the um, climbers hang out. And then we're on the road back past El Capitan on the north side drive along the river. We have plenty of 
waterfalls and lakes. Vernal Fall, Nevada Fall. Here's a trail named after John Muir, who was one of the very influential people in protecting this area. And if we open this up, we can see just how many rivers and creeks there are. Notably so, there are two rivers. For one, the Merced River and the Tuolumne River, a little further north with the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir. And you can see here, it says that's the Grand Canyon of the Tuolumne River. Another canyon here, so in between the many peaks and domes of the area. So, all in all, I think this is quite an elevated area. The mountains aren't small with like almost 4,000 meters. I think that's quite high. And during cold periods in Earth's history, there were a lot of glaciers here that formed the areas and formed, for example, the canyons. What is interesting about this place is that these peaks are granite which has some very particular um, features we'll see that on the other side let's just have a look at what the suggestions are and what we can learn about it so, for one, you can see that really the overwhelming majority of the park is designated wilderness area, meaning there's additional protection here along the river and on the southwestern side with this little peak here which is the Yosemite Valley. So these are the exceptions where you don't have a wilderness area. And that's also the place that most people visit, so it makes sense. To the north, you have the emigrant wilderness and Hoover wilderness. And to the south, the Ansel Adams wilderness. It says here, Congress has designated over 3 million acres of the Sierra Nevada for protection in the National Wilderness Preservation System. It 
This includes 95% of Yosemite National Park, the immigrant wilderness in Stanislaus National Forest, the Hoover Wilderness in Humboldt-Toyabe, and Inyo National Forests, and the Ansel Adams Wilderness in Sierra and Inyo National Forests. Wilderness is meant to protect forever the land's natural conditions, opportunities for solitude, and primitive recreation, and scientific, educational, and historical values. I actually once had a cat that was called Stanislaus. I find that a really cute name. I don't know why this area is called Stanislaus National Forest. The internet didn't tell me who this Stanislaus was. Alright, then we have some information here on the rivers and waterfalls. They're beautiful but treacherous, especially in early spring and summer when water is high. So you have to be careful. This is bear country and it says keep bears wild by keeping your food from them day and night. Apparently in Yosemite it was a bit of a problem that bears would go through the waste that was left behind and look for food. So today they are um, very strict about how you have to store your food when you're in the park. And you can tell that they're serious about it. He says, approaching wildlife or allowing them to get to your food may result in a fine of up to $5,000. So it's best to keep away from the wildlife. This part, though, I find quite interesting. There are also mountain lions there. And in other cases, it's best to stay away. But if you see a mountain lion, do not run or crouch down. Instead, shout, wave, and throw stones. You should also pick up children so that they look larger. And if an attack occurs, while they are rare, they can occur, then it's best to fight back. So that sounds a little dangerous. It's also part on smoke and fire. So for me, I would assume seeing fire in a park is a sign of danger and it's best to alert the authorities so that it can be put out. But it says here, smoke and fire, like wind and waterfalls, are parts of the park's natural environment. Mornings can be smoky and unhealthy when fires are burning in the area. Ask about and avoid fire areas if you have asthma or other sensitivities to smoke. So it doesn't say anything here that fires have to be put out under all conditions. 
In fact, that's what they tried to do initially when they began protecting this area until they realized that some of the plants in the park actually need the fires. That goes for the huge trees in the area. The giant sequoias need fire so they can reproduce. And for smaller plants, they also have benefits. The Pacific dogwoods need the filtered sunlight that can reach into a sequoia grove if periodic fire keeps its understory open. So, this can also be a good thing. And I particularly like the snow plant here that they included. So as it gets water and nutrients from fungi, which are connected to tree roots. And it almost looks like hot glass. With this dark red color. Super bright. strange plant. There's some information here on these giant sequoias. They dwarf even the largest pine and fir trees that live among them. They are descendants of an ancient line of trees and can live for over 2,000 years. The trunks can reach over 25 feet thick. They've become quite a symbol for the park. The ranges, for example, wear uniform belts and headbands embossed with images of the cones and foliage of these significant trees. And here they explain that in the 19th century, in the years following the protection of the Yosemite Valley, they began protecting the trees from fires. While our intentions were good, we were contributing to the loss of what we cared about so much. Through research and experimentation, we discovered that fire actually promotes reproduction of these giant trees. It clears away the competing firs and cedars and exposes bare mineral soil for the tiny seeds to take root. I have to say I really like the way these texts are written. It's, I think they really found a, a nice tone. informational, but also quite moving in a way.
here we have the different peaks. There's Lambert Dome and Cathedral Peak and the view of the High Sierra. There's smooth granite domes, craggy peaks and spacious meadows embody the character of the High Sierra. Hundreds of miles of hiking trails offer adventures, solitude and inspiration for those wishing to explore this glacially carved landscape and experience ever-changing mountain ecosystems. Glacier sculpted this landscape, plucking, scraping and polishing as they moved down canyons. Their power-shaped Lambert Dome, this one here, a Roche Moutonnée, French for Sheep Rock, and Cathedral Peaks Nobby Top, known as Nunatak, stood above the glaciers, escaping their force. As the climate warmed, the glaciers melted, leaving huge erratic boulders stranded and sometimes precariously perched, like this one here. At Bonstead Point, there are glaciers today as well. You can see the peaks being snow-covered here in the back, though. I don't know if these are actual glaciers. The ones that exist today are a bit newer. So they are not left over from the last ice age. Some of the animals that you can find high up in the mountains are these pikas, for example. Sorry, this is a yellow-bellied marmot. This is the pika, the smaller one. How cute are they? And then here we have these famous cliffs with the waterfalls. The climber here on El Capitan. Over here you can see this part is a little lighter. It says a light scarf reveals a fresh rockfall. And the dark streaks around it are caused by lichen. So they're growing on the bedrock, and then there's the waterfall shooting across the cliff here.
And of course, this is often the case in the mountains. It depends very much on the season. They're stronger when the snow melts in the spring. Says the very existence of great cliffs like Half Dome and El Capitan has inspired questions about how they came to be. American Indians tell of a woman and her husband who argued and fought. The displeased spirits changed them into stone, Half Dome and North Dome, forever to face each other across the valley. How these cliffs were formed has challenged geologists for over a hundred years. To think the granite of Yosemite's walls solidified over five miles underground. As the overlying rock eroded away, the granites rose to the current exposed level, and nature's dynamic forces continue sculpting this exposed rock. And there's a little spotted bat here on the side. Look at those big ears. Yosemite Valley to me is always a sunrise, a glitter of green and golden wonder in a vast edifice of stone and space.
another visitor center here and there's the Lambert Dome that was mentioned on the other side and plenty of high peaks Mount Dana at almost 4,000 meters or, or 13,000 feet We have the park This town is Laos National Forest And the road to Mariposa And then 195 miles or 314 kilometers to San Francisco Over here I have Fresno 313 miles or 500 kilometers to Los Angeles So it says that's about a 6 hour drive into San Francisco about 4 hours It does, well, not just suggest, it does urge visitors here to use the free shuttle buses in the areas where they are available because sometimes you actually have a bit of a traffic jam where people are trying to visit the park and at times up some of the peaks it also looks like a bit of a traffic jam with climbers queuing to move up So here's a national forest another park the Death Valley National Park a giant sequoia National Monument So an area where plenty of spaces are protected One that sounds very very beautiful
I will see you again next week.